You're listening to the Mind Your Home Podcast. I'm your host, Mia Danielle, and I'm here to tell you that the number one thing you can optimize to give you more energy and happiness is your environment. If you're tired of the chaotic cycle and ready to feel energized at home with more simplicity, more energy, and less clutter, then welcome to the Mind Your Home Podcast. Hi, welcome back to the Mind Your Home Podcast. I'm your host, Mia Danielle, and I'm really excited about this episode because this is an episode where I get to really slap some myths and misconceptions in the face. You wouldn't believe, like I hear the same the same false beliefs, these same assumptions, kind of like just silly, ridiculous assumptions uh, when you get down to it, about clutter-free living. And I see these myths, these assumptions, just holding people back over and over again, these same things. So I'm really excited to get to dive into what some of these things are. So I've got three. These are the three big ones that I do see coming up over and over again. Okay, so let me know. You can leave it in the comments if you're um, if you're over at miadanielle.com. Let me know which, if any of these sounds like you, if it's kind of your go-to thing, you know? So when you hear me talking about some of these, I want you to kind of position yourself in that spot and think, well, is that something that I that I tend to tell myself? Or do I, do I believe that, you know? Um, so the first one is being clutter-free means I'll have to get rid of blank. So this is something that I hear in a, in a variety of different ways. Um, you know, I've sent out surveys before, where I asked why people um, were hesitant to follow through with getting help with their clutter, or, you know, why they were scared to kind of dive in and get started. And a lot of I've had a lot of people respond and say, honestly, I'm just afraid that somebody's going to tell me that I have to get rid of something I don't want to get rid of, or that I'm not ready to get rid of. And I get that, right? Because our stuff is very personal. It's very you know, personal, we infuse our belongings with emotions. And nobody can really tell you what's clutter for you and what isn't clutter for you. So it would be terrifying if you were, you know, trying to take on, a, a, you know, considering looking at taking on a clutter free life. And you're in the back of your mind, you're just like terrified that somebody's going to make you get rid of all of these beloved things that you aren't ready to get rid of. So here's the thing. There are no rules. There really aren't. I don't know who thinks that there's this manual or this list of rules that we all have to adhere to, um, but there aren't any. There are no rules. So that means that you can keep as much or as little as you want. Now, obviously, I encourage people to get rid of things that they're not actually using or that they're not, um, you know, getting some kind of enjoyment out of. Like if it's not serving a purpose or even worse, if its purpose is to make you feel bad or, you know, to frustrate you because it's not functional, then I, I'm very pro getting rid of things, right? But it's at your own pace, you know, understanding that you get more benefits when you make the harder decisions, but there's no forcing. You don't have to get rid of a certain number of things. There's no perfect number of clothes for you to have in your wardrobe or shoes for you to own or, you know, like there is no perfect number and there are no rules. I shared this picture on social media once that was of me at Halloween wearing a Halloween mask. Um, it's one of probably one of the favorite pictures that I have of myself just because my head is like hanging out of the driver window. I was not driving. 
Thank you very much. I was parked. I've had people ask, like, were you driving? That's unsafe. Um, the car was parked and my head was hanging out the window and I'm wearing this like glamorous Halloween mask, you know, just the kind of the top half masks. And it just it has this whole essence in this photo of like freedom. Like that's that's the emotion that I pull from that photo when I'm looking at it. So I had used it with a caption that was talking about the freedom that you get from going clutter free from getting rid of the stuff that you don't need the weight, the heaviness, the excess, you know, all of the stuff that's taken up your time and energy. Um, you know, clutter free equals free was the essence of that post. So I remember somebody came on and they were really upset <laughs> about the mask, I think it was. And she was just like, you know, don't you think you should be getting rid of that mask? Um, you know, everybody who's out there preaching about clutter free, they wouldn't let you keep that mask. It was really silly. And, you know, I tried like saying something to her at first, like, you know, nope, I, I still have that mask. I like, you know, I like the Halloween mask. I don't, you don't have to get rid of everything, obviously. Um, and, you know, she responded angry again. And I was just like, man, you sound really angry about decluttering. You sound like really angry about this whole idea of people talking about clutter. And and this is why this this misunderstanding is why so many people get really defensive and really angry. It's because they feel emotions for their stuff. I mean, the number one reason that we hold on to stuff that we don't even need is fear, like fear of letting go, fear of needing something someday or missing it in the future. So people get really defensive when they feel like you're telling them that they have to get rid of all of these things. It's a very emotional thing. Um, so I think that, that, you know, oppression hinders progress. So a lot of people who are like suffering from these environments that are not supportive, that don't make them feel good, you know, and every day is just kind of frustration and blah, you know, and and they really want to get the clutter out. It's not somebody telling them you need to get the, you know, you need to do this because this is the right thing to do or your home will look prettier. Like they want to get the clutter out, but they're not doing it. They're not taking the steps because they're afraid that somebody's going to force them to get rid of something that they don't want to get rid of, or that they're going to feel like they have to get rid of something that they don't want to get rid of if they start decluttering, like that they're going to be presented with these uncomfortable decisions. And they're going to, for some reason, like be forced to do something they're not ready to do. So that that oppression just keeps people from taking any steps at all, you know, like they don't end up trying anything because they're so afraid of just it may just be like a few items too it may not be like that you're attached to everything but you're really dreading getting to this one box of memorabilia that you're really fond of you know so you know that's why I say like oppression hinders progress don't add all of these extra rules it's just a myth that you're gonna have to get rid of fill in the blank you know your favorite weird Disney t-shirt which, by the way, I still have a weird Disney Minions t-shirt. It's one of my favorite t-shirts to sleep in. Um, there's no like quality of product that you're allowed to keep and you have to get rid of everything that's not up to a certain standard of quality. It's very personal. So that's my point. So, you know, if you're somebody who is is believing that, believing that, you know, going clutter-free means that I have to get rid of fill in the blank, whatever that is for you, just rest easy knowing that that is not true. So myth number two that I hear a lot of is that you have to be clean and or organized either naturally or all the time 
in order to pull off a clutter-free life or in order to be clutter-free and maintain it, that you just you have to naturally be a clean and organized person or that you have to be clean and organized all the time. So let's go ahead and, and bust this one out because getting rid of clutter, I mean, it obviously makes cleaning easier, right? Because you're not having to look under, there aren't as many things to conceal dust and mold and whatever it is that you would be cleaning, right? It makes cleaning easier just because you have less less stuff in the way. But it definitely doesn't transform you into a cleaner person, nor does it need to, because the two are not the same. They're two totally different things. Being a clean person and keeping things clean in your home, because we're always going to be using something that needs to be clean. I mean, part of being alive means that you are consuming things. You're consuming food. You're consuming beverages. You're, you know, creating something and using, you know, some kind of supply for whatever it is that you're creating. Like consumption is a normal process. So, you know, there are always going to be things to clean. And that isn't directly indicative of your clutter or how many things you're holding on to that are taking up space and time and all of that 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 aren't necessary. So I see some people getting tripped up on this a lot because they feel like they're failing if their house is a mess for the day or, you know, while they're working through their clutter, especially. And in all honesty, like when you start a major decluttering process, you're probably going to see the mess grow before it shrinks. And that's actually a good thing because that means you're reaching stuff that hasn't been reached in a while. Like it's normal that you're going to be pulling things out that have been really well put away and shoved different places and maybe even forgotten about or or boxed up in the garage or, you know, you're going to be going through those things and it's going to look messier before it looks better. And that's actually a good thing. So, of course, the biggest myth in all of this is intermingling that word organizing with letting go of stuff. Because organizing has its place. I'm not opposed to organizing. It has its place. And its places after things are already decluttered or clutter-free, you know, to the point that you're wanting it to be. Like, you don't want to start organizing things that you're going to get rid of later. And you're going to find it really hard to create any kind of a feasible organizing system if you have extra stuff in the way and taking up those spots. So the getting the clutter out has to come first, and then you organize what's left. But it's often used as a crutch or a substitute for letting things go. So somebody will have way too much of something. And instead of their question being, okay, what can I get rid of? Or how can I get rid of some of this stuff? Their question is, how do I store more of this stuff? I I get asked this a lot too, which is kind of surprising to me since I talk about clutter-free living. That's what I teach, um, is that I have so many people reach out and they'll ask me, well, how do I store all of this stuff that I have? I have too much stuff for my current storage. I'm trying to figure out like, how can I make all this fit kind of thing. Um, And so people will will use organizing as a substitute for letting things go or as a crutch to kind of work around not letting things go. So actually, it's kind of funny, you know, if you're not naturally organized, well, then this might actually give you an advantage you'll probably have an advantage over somebody who's really into organizing because they're going to be encouraged or pulled or drawn to create new organizing systems. And you're going to be looking for the simplest way out like, oh, okay, don't know where to put this. Okay, let's just declutter it. Let's get rid of it, you know, which is actually going to give you longer lasting results because it's not going to keep creeping back out. So it's actually a lot easier for people who are not naturally organized people um, to 
be able to go through and make those hard decisions to let something go instead of trying to find a more strategized, complex organizing system to create around those belongings. So, I mean, food for thought there. So the number three, which is actually probably the number one struggle, is the myth that getting rid of stuff is wasteful. I hear this more than anything else. And it it's understandable. Like I've done entire episodes on the endowment effect and on, you know, like our, our emotional allotment of how much value we allot to things that we have versus things that we lose and loss aversion is what it's called. Like all of these things are psychological phenomenons. Like they're they're legit. They're actual things that we as humans have to work through and deal with and all of that. So it's not surprising that this is the number one thing that I hear come up, but it doesn't make it any less of a myth. So this could be, you know, For example, somebody might say, my mom gave me these expensive dishes and I don't care for them, but it would be wasteful to get rid of them. Or I bought these shoes for a job that I don't work at anymore, but they cost like $150. So I hate to waste these things. So it's it's usually identified to the value that you establish something as being worth to you or how much you spent spent on it. But we get this whole fear of being wasteful, you know, like I don't want to get rid of this thing because it still works. (laughs) You know, regardless of the fact that I haven't used it in five years, it still works. Therefore, it's wasteful for me to donate or get rid of it. You see how it's kind of like if you break it down, it's kind of backwards because maybe the waste actually occurred when you purchased the item. Maybe it's something you never needed and it was wasteful when you bought it. But that decision has already been made. It's done. And that doesn't that shouldn't like obligate you to holding on to this thing forever and ever because you made one bad purchase once, right? Or maybe it wasn't even a bad purchase. Maybe it was not a waste at all, but the item had already served its purpose. I mean, there are a lot of things that we use for a season of our lives, and then we don't use it anymore. We get over that hobby. We finish that project, you know, like you just, you don't need it. You don't use it anymore. The seasons change, you know, life, things change all the time. Things are constantly changing. So just because something doesn't currently, you know, serve a purpose for you doesn't mean that it never served a purpose or that it hasn't already served its purpose. And therefore, it's not any more wasteful to donate that to, you know, somebody else who could use it or even to trash it if it's just taking up space. At that point, I feel like the loss is less than having to keep it and store it in your space just because you have it, you know. Like the stress that goes with having too many things, especially things that you're not getting any kind of value out of, um, the money that's wasted on real estate and square footage for houses that are mostly storing large amounts of items that aren't actually being used, like that's more wasteful. There's more waste in that action than there is of getting rid of the thing that you're not using. I can see the shock in people when I tell them that. Like when somebody, because I I get these letters or comments on different articles that I've written, and they'll be like, like sonnets about all of the belongings that this person has and why they have them and why it feels wasteful. And usually, it's in response to me saying something along the lines of it's not wasteful, it's actually more wasteful to hold on to it. And the response is always like, like shock, like, oh, this makes perfect sense. I've never thought of this before. And here's why it's because 
we don't always think about what we're thinking about or think about why we feel the certain way that we feel about things or why we think certain ways about things. We just think them, you know, we just feel them. We just go along about our lives. You're, you know, decide to clean out your drawer once and then five times in the process of cleaning out that drawer, you find something that you end up saying something along the lines of, oh, you know what? I've never used this, but I might need it in the future. So I'm going to hold on to it. Oh, you know what? I forgot that I even had this, but well, I might as well hold on to it because I might use it in the future. And we'll like, you'll make that same decision over and over again, even multiple times in one location. And you'll never even stop and think about what you're doing. Like stop and realize that you're actually making that decision over and over and over again. And that it's holding you back from freeing up and taking that space for something that you could actually use it for. But now you can take the time to pull yourself out and determine, are you making that decision? Like, are you frequently making the decision to hold on to things out of this fear of waste? So these three things, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like if everybody had just the correct beliefs and understanding in these three areas, then so many more people would really be able to progress and take that first step without feeling this oppression or this obstacle to moving forward. So being clutter-free does not mean that you have to get rid of fill in the blank. You don't have to be clean and organized naturally or all the time or at all <laughs> in order to pull off being clutter-free or to to start you know, getting the clutter out. And it's not wasteful to let go of things that are taking up your valuable space that you're not using and that there's really just no purpose for. If anything, it's the opposite of wasteful and you're actually being wasteful by holding on to this thing, you know, like keeping somebody else from being able to use it and keeping yourself from being able to free up whatever space it's taking. So take those three beliefs, misunderstandings, myths, misconceptions, and just really, you know, soak that in, like soak it into your heart to where you no longer believe this thing, this like cloud of obstacle that's keeping you from moving forward inside of your home. And then if you're ready to finally take the first step forward to making this change, then I want you to go ahead and grab the free cheat sheet if you haven't already that is all about decluttering your first room for the biggest impact. You can grab that over at miadanielle.com forward slash cheat sheet. It's totally free. You can download it and it'll walk you through the 10 steps of finishing up your first room and where exactly you should start for the biggest impact. I'll catch you next week right here on the Mind Your Home podcast.